We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to part two of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. I am Chris Dumickerson. Prince joined as always by my fellow OGs, notorious head chopper. Boys, welcome back. We're going to break down the afternoon games. We're going to answer some user questions. We'll see. I might go on a rant about some pricing. Chop always seems to figure out a rant on our podcast. So a shorter one here, not as many games to get to. But we'll end with those user questions. Let me bring in. The OGs, Derek, Chop, how we doing, boys? Good, very good. I have a question for you guys. Question, right. now that we're, we're kind of, you know, once you get past, like, the NFL starts, you start to realize it's fall and you start whipping through these holidays, although, you know, Halloween's not really a holiday, technically. It's just a day. But I have a question for you. At what point, what day is it that you single out that, okay, now – now we need to start putting up Christmas lights and Christmas trees. What day is it? Is it the day after Halloween? Is it the day after Thanksgiving? When do you guys crank up the Christmas lights? So for me, it's the day the wife pulls the old patented, we need to put up the Christmas lights, which means, <laughs> AKA, you need to pull out your ladder and you need to climb your ass on the house and put up the Christmas lights. So that's usually my key. It tends to come for us, I want to say – early to mid-November, before Thanksgiving, though, for sure. Derek? Yeah, this is a constant battle between me and my wife. If it were up to her, she would be decorating for Halloween in July. 
uh, and then decorating for Christmas the day after Halloween. So uh, I, I give her one month. Uh, one month out, we'll start decorating. So typically right after Thanksgiving is when we put up the Christmas stuff. And what happens in the chop household? How do we handle the Christmas lights down there in Texas? Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to go on a rant here. You know, a year ago, two years ago, I would have gone on a rant. Christmas lights are goofball-y, man. I'm, you know, you, put, you spend all this work and you put them up and then they're up for a month and you got to spend all this work taking them. I'm not going to do that, though, because I have a new appreciation for Christmas lights. I'm not just a curmudgeon, man, who just, you know, hates everything. I do like some things. First of all, I love driving around looking at Christmas lights, too. So somebody's got to put them up, so I can't be so selfish as to not put them up. But I realized last year. My oldest son, he was out there and he's just stringing up lights. And I'm like, man, this guy really likes it. So, you know, he likes it. I'm going to, I'm going to take a liking to it. I'm going to, I'm going to make my best effort to put it up. Usually that's the day after Thanksgiving. Although I've got some plans, man. I'm, I asked it cause I have some plans in my head or some things I want to do. So I may start early. I may, I may get, I may start here in about a week or so designing the layout on the Christmas lights this year. Listen to this. Who is this guy? This is Christmas Chop. This is Christmas Chop. I love I, this time of year. I figured you were the guy that plugged in the projector and pl- pl- pointed it at your house and it sprayed out a bunch oh, of Christmas lights. I, I figured that'd be it. My, my, my wife has, has one of those. I told I tell her, please put that thing in the attic and never bring it. That's so. If you're going to do the lights, please do them the right yeah, way. Or don't, don't do it at all. Projector. That's so terrible and now there's companies that will legit come to your house put up the lights and come and take the lights down you don't have to do anything so it's interesting it, it, i like I mean, this new chop <laughs> he's gonna like air yards all kinds of good he's gonna dress up for halloween Ooh, no no so come on now you're pushing it guys all right let's get into some football and we'll answer some questions and get out of here should be a pretty short one here in part two so go back to part one we talked about all the early games we hit on thursday night football let's start here with the afternoon games guys we got houston and denver Obviously, we know Demarius Thomas traded to Houston. I think this is big news for Cortland Sutton. I think it could be very popular across the DFS industry this week. Chop, what do we do with them? Do we play them? Do we avoid them? How do we handle them in tournaments? Cash games, we know we probably plug them in at that point. How do we handle Cortland Sutton in tournaments? Uh, I mean, you fire him up. I'm, I, he's a lock button, right? I, I don't. Is that, I don't, is that, is that a trick question? I'm just saying, like you know, if we expect him to be forty percent, fifty percent, I think he'll be very popular. Oh yeah. yeah. Dance change in tournaments then. Yeah, it's uh no. I I have to say I probably like him in this week. My initial instinct on this whole situation is uh. Cordless sudden, Cortland Sutton is the lock button for me this week. It's interesting to watch. I mean, first of all, I'll, I'll say this much about the NFL. I love all the trades, but for the life of me, I can't uh, remember the last time a wide receiver got traded midseason or right before the season, didn't have any, uh, you know, history with the offensive coordinators or the playbook and made an impact. I just, I don't remember that, you know, like, so we've had Josh Gordon leave and he's a, he's a different cat, but Demarius just got traded. Tate got traded. Amari got traded. All these wide receivers moving teams. And there's a good chance. None of them really make a significant impact because it's tough for a wide receiver to do that without knowledge of the playbook. So I don't know. That's just a whole nother story, but sudden I think is a lock button for me. That's the reason they traded Demarius right now. They want to get him in there more. So 
he's in. Obviously, if you want to go a different route, go Sanders. He's going to pick up more more targets also. So it's a good matchup for him to start off the thing. But it's it's really awkward that the first game this guy plays on the other side is against his old team and in, in his old stomping grounds. That's a little bit awkward. But, hey, man, Will Fuller's gone. Demarius isn't going to make a big impact in this game. So DeAndre Hopkins, again, should get a, a full slate of uh, targets and – We've seen this defense is no no longer the no-fly zone. It's, it can be ahead. So, Deshaun and Hopkins, and if QT, if QT plays, QT will be another good option. But this is, a, this is a nice little game here for some value plays. Yeah, and you'll have to keep an eye. And by the time you guys listen to this, they may already put something up about Demarius Thomas. I'm assuming they will, whether or not the points are going to count. I mean, he's still in the same game, like Chop mentioned. A little bit weird, just going to the other locker room. But – Sometimes when guys are traded, they're not going to count the points for that. So, again, by the time you hear this, I'm sure there'll be a resolution. Uh, but just keep an eye out on that. Derek, same question for you. Let, let's say Cortland Sutton is 40% owned in tournaments projected-wise. What are you doing with them there at 3,900? Yeah, for starters, you lock them into your cash game lineups. And yes. then for tournaments, uh, I think you play, you know, about the field. And then uh, you leverage Sanders in tournaments as well. I don't think anybody's going to be playing both of them uh, in the same lineup. So I do think uh, Sanders is a nice leverage play. Going to be much lower owned than Sutton, who is going to be very popular. So uh, I think, yeah, you play him in tournaments uh, close to close to the field, or you can lock him, like Chop said. 3900 is a great price point. And then you obviously uh, use him in cash game. All right. And then the rest of the game, Derek, thoughts, Texans and Broncos. Yeah, so Will Fuller's out. Uh, Kiki Cutie is questionable. So if he ends up being out, I mean, it's going to be a ton of targets thrown DeAndre Hopkins' way. He should be able to avoid Chris Harris, who, uh, you know, uh, defends the slot. So I think it's a great game for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, He's kind of been, you know, kind of flying under the radar a little bit. He scored 14 fantasy points in every single game this season. Uh, And he just seems to have low ownership every single week. So I like DeAndre Hopkins quite a bit. I know the Broncos have struggled against the run. Lamar Miller had another good game. Uh, back-to-back 100-yard games with a touchdown in each of the last two weeks. So, you know, maybe you can look at him at 5,200. Probably not the play for me. Uh, and then on the other side, um, just got to wait and see with Royce Freeman. Uh, Philip Lindsay handled 55% of the snaps uh, with uh, Booker being, you know, the other 45% or so. Lindsay would be the guy that I would want to target here. But the Texans are very good against the run. Uh, so I think this game has some sneaky upside when it comes to DFS, um, but uh, just waiting on the injuries to Cutie and Freeman. As the founding member of the Lamar Miller fan club, Derek, I, I have two questions for you. Why wouldn't you play him this week? And has that ever happened in his career before? 200-yard games back-to-back with touchdowns. Yeah, I should definitely know those stats. I know uh, when I've played him, that's never happened. That's for sure. Um, and you're not playing him again this week, just just for clarity, because it kind of tends to be the rule. If you're not on him, we can play him. If you are on him, we should avoid him. So I don't think so. I mean, maybe a little bit in tournaments. For cash games, I like to spend up uh, at running back. I like McCaffrey and Hunt, and uh, you know we'll get to another guy in the next game. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a good week to spend up at running back, so I probably won't end up having any Lamar. All right, noted. We can play Lamar Miller. Moving on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just busting your balls there, obviously. But yeah, no, he's that's been, how it works. Man. He's been good. So next game: Chargers and Seahawks. Two teams. Uh, Seattle look good. You know, in Detroit, the running game really seems to be their focus right now. Uh, Chris Carson remains a, a pretty good value across the industry. Uh, and then you got the Chargers. You know, they, they've been rolling right along, getting things done. Interesting game here, Derek. One and a half point spread. 
pretty high total. Who are some of the best plays out of this game, Chargers and Seahawks? Yeah, I think we can officially write off Doug Baldwin, another poor outing from him. The Seahawks just don't want to air it out. They want to run the ball as much as they can, especially with this game being at home. And especially they're going to try to keep the ball away from Phillip Rivers. So I expect a heavy dose of Chris Carson once again. But uh, similar to Adrian Peterson, I mean, he just doesn't catch the ball a lot out of the backfield, which does you know limit his PPR upside on DraftKings. But 4700 is a good price point. Uh, I don't know why he hasn't gotten more expensive uh, over the last couple of weeks, but uh, I think he's fine in tournaments. And then don't really want to play anyone from the passing game. As far as the Chargers go, uh, just going to be waiting to see if Melvin Gordon ends up playing. Uh, sounds like he's pretty questionable at this point. Uh, missed the game over in London. So if he ends up being out, just fire up Austin Eckler in all formats. Um, and if that happens, I mean, we're going to see high ownership on Eckler. We're going to see high ownership on Sutton. And that'll lead to everyone playing Todd Gurley. So I, I kind of hope that doesn't happen, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. As far as the passing game goes, I mean, Seattle's defense is very underrated. Uh, they've been good all year. You know, they've lost a lot of players, but they've had uh, very good play from their safeties and their linebackers. Uh, so I don't really want to target too many of these pass catchers for the Chargers right now. All right, Chop, what do you got? Chargers and Seahawks. Yeah, they just uh, Derek kind of hit everything on the head. Russell Wilson, I mean, four, uh, 17 pass attempts this past week. You know, they're just not 23, 21, 26. The weeks prior to that, they're just not airing it out anymore. And, uh, in fact, Chris Carson got 27 touches this past week. So he's the guy they want to feed. And uh, they're, they're looking to run the ball a lot more than let Russell Wilson air it out unless they absolutely have to. So – I give, them, I give them credit. Their defense on Seattle is a lot better than I thought it would be coming into the season. They've actually managed well, so it, it's allowed them to not have to air it out and get behind in games. You just never know when this might be the week the Chargers jump out 21-3 to three or something like that, and he has to air it out. So, But as long as you think Russell's going to be uh, held down like that in his past attempts, and there's no reason to really take a wide receiver here. Baldwin doesn't look good. I can't. I, I don't think we could rely on David Moore or Tyler Lockett week in and week out. So as long as I think this game has a chance to be close, and they'll keep on featuring Chris Carson. I don't want any piece of that passing game over there on Seattle. I mean, hell, I had Russell Wilson this past weekend. I was I was jumping up and around in uh, first half, three touchdowns. Looked like he was on his way to one of those classic Russell games. Nothing in the second half. Just took the air out of the ball, man. So. I don't know if I can go go there anymore anytime soon, unless I think they're going to be playing from behind, and I don't I don't think it's going to happen in this game. On the flip side, coming off of a bye week, you know, LA is going to be okay. It's a it's a tougher matchup than what I would have thought it was earlier in the season. But if anybody can put it together, Rivers and his his receivers will be fine. They'll score some points. Melvin Gordon is always in play. If you're asking me which one I prefer, Keenan Allen is uh, a little bit extra rest now. He's the number one guy, and I think he's uh, finally going to get healthy here after they've had a little bit of time off. So I would lean towards the Rivers-Allen connection here. All right, let's go to the last game here on the main slate. And, and Guy Chop, I know you're known for your rants here on the podcast, but oh, I, yeah. I, I got I to talk about the pricing here on DraftKings in this game. We have a 60-point total, Rams and Saints. The, the game of the week, the game of the year, I don't ever remember a 60-point total. So you go into the game and you click on the pricing, and what do you see? You see Drew Brees at 6,100, Jared Goff at 6K, Todd freaking Gurley under 10,000. Somehow the price continues to fall 
as he puts up 30-point games. The biggest one, in my opinion, that's a mispricing, though, how in the hell is Alvin Kamara 7,300 on DraftKings? I understand you have an algorithm that says this team is good against the run. It spits out a price. But is there not somebody that looks at this and says, these are wrong. These guys are too cheap. Michael Thomas should not be 7,600 in this matchup. Brandon Cook, 6,700. Woods, 7,000. I mean, the pricing on DraftKings for this game, absolutely horrendous. I, I cannot believe it. So, guys, hit on that if you want. If not, we can move on to the analysis of the game. But just very disappointing because I think a lot of people are just going to load up because the price is everybody's about $1,000 too cheap. So, Chop, let's start with you. If you want to hit on that, you can. But what do we got, Rams and Saints? Well, when you when I saw the Rams next on the slate, I thought your rant was going to be something way different. And maybe we'll get it. Maybe you can That's, get into that. That could be another topic of discussion. Maybe you get into that one with the next game. But uh, I mean, yeah, they kind of missed. They messed up the pricing. But then again, last week Rams and Packers, I thought was the shootout, and that you had to have pieces of that game. And really, only Gurley was the only one that ultimately came through with you know a game that was GPP type of performance. But even so Gurley, even if it was just yeah. that, how is he under – like, Fandle 11-2. We talked about it last week. You really got to think about that. 9,500 and exactly what we talked about. Cortland Sutton, some of this value. Gurley's going to be 40% on again. And the point of the game is the pricing's supposed to be tough to make you think about it. I don't think you even have to think about that on DK. No, I mean, yeah, I'm, I totally agree. With the, what I was going to say was, you know, maybe it's another situation where everybody goes overboard on this because of the pricing, but yet it turns into not quite the shootout you think it's going to be. So maybe we actually get rewarded if we fade it a little bit in tournaments. Uh, but, yeah, the pricing is messed up here, man. So I don't know. What are you going to do? you, you got to play around with it. Uh, if, if, you, if I'm going to do anything right offhand, I would say uh, probably, I don't know, I don't even want to take a guess, two, three times more ownership will go to Kamara than Ingram. Maybe it's Ingram. Maybe it's an Ingram game, you know. I saw Aaron Jones uh, find a lot of success against the Rams last week. Maybe it's uh, the game plan will come in and say, we're going to pound Ingram, and you can take advantage of it and go play Ingram instead of Kamara or Thomas or somebody like that. Uh, but they're all in play. I mean, I'm not even going to sit there. You know all these guys are in play. Uh, I'm – my favorite play from the game, I would say Kamara in cash. And on the flip side, I would imagine Robert Woods is the guy who is least likely to get the Marshawn Lattimore treatment. So Robert Woods on the flip side. But these guys are all in play. I mean, let's be fair about it. Yeah, I mean, Kamara in cash for sure. That feels like the free square here. And your point on the tournaments, you're going to have to debate it because it is a spot people go to because of that pricing. Rant number two. There may be a few rants here, but – Todd Gurley made the right football play. You know, and if you guys agree, disagree, we can talk about this real quick. But for, for everybody to be giving this guy flack, for Doug Gottlieb to come out and said, he should have scored, don't you understand the math? So they're up to, if he scores, they go up eight. What if they miss the extra point? Then you put the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands to potentially tie the game. Even if they make the extra point, you still give Aaron Rodgers the ball back. He goes down and scores. Then what if they do an onside kick? get the ball back. You leave the door open where the play he made closes that door. So people bitching about Gurley, uh, why didn't he score? It was absolutely the right play. So, all right, 
no more. My blood pressure's getting up, boys. And, and this that was is, it. Here, man, I'm disappointed. I, I got here, more. Man. I mean, you I got, got another one. I hope you got, got one lined up for this next game, man. I got more coming. I'm just gonna let okay, you, okay. Gonna pass the torch here. I don't want to. All right. All the rants, Derek. Rams and Saints. Pricing, girly, game analysis. You do whatever the hell you want here. <laughs> All right. So as far as your rants go, yeah, I agree with you on Gurley. Uh, it was the right football move. Uh, anyone that was arguing against it either had him in DFS or bet on the over or bet on uh, the Rams. So, uh, yeah, there's really no argument uh, to say that that wasn't the right move. Uh, that end of the game right there didn't give Rodgers a chance uh, to get the ball back. And then as far as the pricing goes, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think they really messed up on this game. Uh, anytime the most expensive running back in the slate uh, grades out as the best point per dollar play of the slate, uh, it's probably not a good thing. I've seen a few projection models across the industry, and they'll have Gurley ranked number one at running back. Uh, that's probably a problem. I definitely think FanDuel, uh, you know, made the right move by you know, bumping his price up while you know he's only 9,500 on DraftKings. But uh, rather than complain, just keep playing him. No reason not to at this point. Uh, he managed 36 fantasy points last week with only one touchdown, and it seemed like the Packers played some pretty good defense for most of that game. Um, but in terms of uh, Alvin Kamara, do you guys like him over McCaffrey and Hunt? I, at 7,300, I, I, I love Kamara. Tournaments, we're going to have to see where the ownership projects out, but I, I do. I, I like him better than both guys. Uh, right offhand. Yeah, he's he's a little bit better of a player in my opinion. But but with that being said, with with all the ownership and stuff, I'll definitely think about that closer to the weekend where I want to put that money at. Yeah, I think I'd have him ranked third of those three right now, just because hey, I like know, it. The other two don't really have uh, you know competition uh, for touches. You're right. You're right, man. I, like I said, it could be an Ingram game here. Man, yeah. he's cheap. He's only five k. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you want to get some leverage off of Kamara, you can maybe go to Ingram. You can maybe go to Michael Thomas, uh, who's been very quiet uh, over the last few weeks. So I, th- I think those are interesting plays. Obviously, everyone in this game is a pretty strong play. I do think this game is going to shoot out. Uh, and then it sounds like Cooper Cup's going to be back, so he'll probably be back in the slot with Robert Woods moving outside. I still think Woods will probably avoid Lattimore, so I like Woods. And you maybe look at Cooper Cup as well, but um, – you definitely want some exposure to this game. Uh, don't, you know, check your winnings uh, if you don't have any exposure to this game until it's over. Yeah, I mean, 60-point total is just ridiculous. So that'll wrap up the main slate here. Let's move on, guys. Sunday Night Football, we got another good one. Green Bay and New England. Now I got another two-part rant. Then I'm going to stop ranting. It's starting, to, starting to boil the blood pressure here. But two parts, both have to do with Ty Montgomery. You know, the, the play, we saw it. Obviously, he was upset the series before that, throws his helmet, he's pissed off. So then they kick off. He decides, even though they told him to kneel it and let's give Aaron Rodgers the ball, to bring the ball out, fumbles, they lose the game. So obviously, a boneheaded play, frustrating. I was upset, pissed off as a Green Bay fan that Rodgers doesn't even get the chance. But the thing that really is irritating me is I keep seeing reports and tweets aimed at Ty Montgomery's family and his wife and his kids and, you know, we're going to come after you. And Guys, stop. What are we doing? This is fantasy freaking football. Why are we threatening the dude's family? I'm about as diehard of a Packers fan as it gets. I was frustrated. It sucked. We lost. We should have had a chance. But to target the guy's family, are you kidding me right now? Absolutely ridiculous. So just don't 
tweet this shit at players, at their families, any of that. All right, guys, Packers, New England, go ahead. I, I, I'm not an angry person. You guys know that. But when I see stuff like that, come on. So this should be a fun game, though. Let's get to the football. Let's get to the positive side of things. Rodgers and Brady. Chop, why don't you start here? We don't have showdown pricing, but this is another big total. Should be a fun game. Who is not in play? The, the, the patented question. I think there's a lot of options here, obviously, Packers and Patriots. Yeah, uh, they're all in place. So now you just got to ask yourself who is uh, the best of the best. And so for me, uh, looking at the the landscape of this game, uh, you know, if I'm looking at Green Bay, the one guy I definitely want to lock in is Devontae Adams. There's no real answer for him. Uh, they'll try to single cover him and shadow him, but he's too good. He's too much touchdown equity. So Adams is a guy I would lock in on that side. And on the flip side, New England, so many, uh, so many weapons, and I guess we don't know quite exactly what the health of some of these guys are. So uh, take this with a grain of salt as we as we do this. We don't know if Sony Michelle is going to be back or what's going to happen. But uh, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, you know what? I think this is the uh, Josh Gordon game right here. We had that really weird scenario on Sunday or Monday night where. They said he was going to miss series, and then that didn't happen. I don't know what happened. Man. I don't know what that was all about, but I got a feeling back at home, he's getting better and better, more acquainted with this offense. He's going to explode here one of these days, and I think this might be the game for Josh Gordon. All right, Derek, what do you got, Packers and Patriots? Yeah, a lot to like in this one. Uh, as far as the Green Bay Packers receivers go, definitely agree with Chop. Devontae Adams is a clear number one. Then uh, for the showdown slate, you can take a shot on some of these other, you know, cheaper receivers. You got MVS, Allison, Cobb. You got to think one of them is going to have a big game. Uh, they're all going to probably be pretty low owned. Uh, if you get a good idea on ownership uh, on these three, then you can just take the lowest owned of the three. I know the Packers were playing from ahead, but it was promising to see Aaron Jones uh, log 63% of the snaps. I even got a couple catches last week. So, you know, maybe they're getting him more involved. Uh, so this is a game where they are underdogs, so uh, I know they like uh, Jamal Williams and pass protection, but uh, they got to give Aaron, jo Aaron Jones the ball more. Uh, both quarterbacks obviously in play. If you can get both of them into the same lineup and showdown, uh, I certainly recommend it. Uh, you probably have to take the kickers, but uh, we've seen double kicker lineups win these showdowns uh, quite a few times. And then for the Patriots, if you can, I like James White uh, in that captain spot once again, as long as Tony Michelle's out. He's just been so good. Um, he's had 10, 5, 8, and 10 receptions over the last four weeks. He's had four touchdowns during that stretch and just basically getting all the work right now. Um, and then I agree with Chop. I like Gordon. Uh, I just seem to play him every week. Uh, hopefully, eventually, it's going to pay off. How about Cordero Patterson, the running back? Yeah. <laughs> that was something else. I mean, I mean, he obviously looked lost back there, but uh, the price jumped up on him, 3200 on the main slate. We'll see what it looks like in the showdown pricing, but was interesting. You know, I thought we'd see a lot of Kenyon Barner and, and New England obviously pulls the rug out on us and puts Cordero Patterson back there. So keep an eye on that situation. All right, guys, we go from a 57 and a 60-point total down to a 41 here, Chop. So I'm going to let you lead it off. This is your team, Tennessee and Dallas, Monday night, low total game, showdown slate. Let's, let's look at that. Is this the double kicker? Is this the double defense? Is this – one of them where we try to play that kind of route, or do you see more offense than Vegas indicates here at the 41-point total? 
Yeah, this certainly feels like a, a double kicker game. Sprinkle in a defense. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a there's not a whole lot of offense here to like. So, uh, I mean, Amari Cooper might be a pop. Uh, he will be a popular play. Yeah. And like I said though, earlier, like I had just have I can't remember guys making midseason trades, wide receivers, and making an impact. It's just difficult. So. Yeah, I think that's a I think it's a good fade. Now, with that being said, if if I'm running twenty lineups in in the showdown, I'll have him in there. But if I'm running one, two, or three lineups, I'll I'll fade I'll fade Cooper, and I'll fade the passing game in general here. The, the, these receivers are just not good. Ezekiel Elliott is the bell cow. Had some extra rest, so I could see that being uh, your captain right there, your MVP slot. Uh, but yeah, the kickers and the defense good options on the other side. I guess I'm just a Corey Davis truther, man. Eventually, this guy is going to like – I mean, we've already seen him have one great slate-breaking uh, slate game, and I think he'll have some more before this year's out. And maybe as soon as Mariota, you know, as soon as Mariota kind of gets a little bit healthier here and can wing the ball a little bit, maybe we'll see Corey Davis break out. Hopefully, that's this week because I like Corey Davis. Yeah, I agree. I love the talent. Just It's just so up and down with that team. You never know what you're going to get. So – uh, Derek, wrap us up here for the analysis portion, Tennessee and Dallas, Monday Night Football. So what did the Texans trade for Demarius? I believe it was a fourth-round pick. I know where you're going, Derek. You better not, man. I mean, fourth-rounder for Demarius, third-rounder for Golden Tate. Fifth-rounder for Josh Gordon. Fifth-rounder for Josh Gordon. Uh, and a first-rounder for Amari Cooper. What you guys be- fail to realize is Amari Cooper <laughs> is still 19 years old. He would still have eligibility at the University of Alabama. He's so young. I mean, yeah, you just got to go. You got to pay for that, man. The question is, would you take him over a generational quarterback, Chop, if you had the number one pick? Wait, 19 years old? Yes, he's 19. He he could still go back to Alabama and play if he wasn't a professional athlete. Like he's 24. He- <laughs> Derek, come on, man. <laughs> the point is he's young. As, uh, I mean, he's the same age as Calvin Ridley, I believe. So, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Who knows? First nah, up, it's, it's, a steep, it's a steep price. But, you know, I mean, they thought that that's what was – they're trying to make the playoffs this year. As a, as, a, as a fan of a team, I can't fault them for, you know, trying to make the best effort. This is a wide-open division. So, I don't know, man. It's so up into – yeah, I'd like to have the first-round pick next year, but – who knows if that pick even pans out? I mean, you know you're getting a good – I tell you this much, guys. Wait, 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 wait. Continue that sentence because you're about to say you know you're getting a good receiver. You are. You're not. <laughs> oh, so here's the thing. He started off his career with back-to-back 1,000-yard years. Okay. So what happened? What happened after that? You think he just lost talent? I mean, or did or was he never the same once Derek Carr went down with that injury and Derek Carr's never been the same? I mean, we can ask that same question good. about a lot of guys. Exactly. So we, I mean, the point is the guy has proven he can be a good wide receiver. I don't think you start off your career that successful and then and not be good. You have the talent to play. Whereas if you're taking a stab on a guy like Kelvin Benjamin in the first round, like people did. Like, that that guy never had the talent to play in the NFL. You know, there some guys just can't do it. Amari, I think, has proven he can be an NFL wide receiver, just needs a quarterback, needs a decent system. Not saying that that's in Dallas, but, like, if you use that first-round pick, which could be in the late teens, maybe early 20s on a wide receiver, there's no guarantees he's going to be any better than Amari. Amari's young. I get it. As a fan base, I'd like to see my team making an effort to make the playoffs in a wide-open year when I think we have talent to do it. 
I'd rather that than a team tank and just rack up draft picks and then not even use them the proper way. But I don't know, man. It's a steep price, but the guy's good, I guess. You know, the, you, we're missing out on some money, but yeah, it is what it is, man. I, I like my team making an effort at least. I'll just say this. Roy Williams was pretty good his, his first couple of years in Detroit. I mean, okay, fair enough, but that's I, all, that's, I mean, I, I just, I've always I been an Amari man. Cooper guy. I just I think they overpaid, and you know, I, they, I think they overpaid too. But I just, as far as him as a player, let's forget about what they paid for him. Let's forget about any of the other stuff. Just looking at Cooper, why did he fall off so so drastically when he's still so young? It just coincided with Derek Carr never being the same quarterback after being injured, and now and now you know, and then a totally. Ter- a terrible system for the past couple of- I don't know I just don't think he lost talent I just think people around him lost talent and uh I still think he can be a productive wide receiver in the NFL but with that being said I don't think guys come in immediately and make impacts like this so he's a fade in this game for me <laughs> bring it back full circle all right there you go Derek <laughs> let's finish up the analysis here uh Cowboys and Titans yeah, I've always been an Amari fan, and I think uh, I've lost as much money on anyone outside of our friend Peter Jennings uh, on Amari Cooper. But, uh, yeah, I do think they overpaid for him a little bit. As far as this game, it's pretty ugly. Um, you know, you play Zeke at home when they're favored. And, you know, on the Tennessee side, it's kind of flew under the radar since they played in London. Um, but Tajay Sharp caught uh, seven of nine targets for 101 yards. Maybe he's uh, establishing himself as a number two there instead of Taewon Taylor, who uh, – has been pretty quiet. What was that? That was quite a ball there. <laughs> I got, I got some uh, breaking news, guys. I think Uh-oh. I'm seeing the same. Go ahead, breaking news. <laughs> but of course, by the time people hear this, this won't be breaking. That's but right. I guess the Packers trading Ty Montgomery to the oh, Ravens. Man. To the Ravens. That's actually very interesting. That isn't. That just muddies that backfield even more. So I mean, if it's true that they told him to kneel down and he didn't, just to just to prove a point, then you should be shipped off. I I, I agree with you, man. So, interesting. Well, that, that uh, we'll see. I, I don't mind it. I mean, he's been kind of useless the last couple of years, but interesting, interesting. All right, Derek, finish it up here, and we'll, we'll answer some questions, and we'll wrap this baby up. I, I didn't have anything else. Let's get to the questions. <laughs> All right, yeah, we can move on then. All right, uh, any final thoughts on football, on Gurley, on pricing, on Montgomery, on anything before we get into the questions, guy? Whew. So much, uh, so much uh, stuff happening this week that this uh, this Halloween week is throwing a monkey wrench in everybody's plans. People are getting traded and just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. So, I'm ready to answer some questions, man. I'm I'm stressed out now. All right, yeah, me, you know I am over here, uh, really stressing. But Derek, final thoughts? Are we getting to the questions? Hey, week eight was the first week where all three of us were profitable, so let's keep it going. Yeah, we're going to keep the momentum rolling. All right, so from Mike at VikesFan0078, what's the one thing you'd like to see change the most in regards to DFS? You know, I think this question comes up a lot, but I'm going to say we, we have a, a czar of pricing that the computer spits this out and somebody goes through with you know a fine-tooth comb and they make the pricing accurate. So that would be my change. Chop, biggest change in DFS. Oh man, there's there's a lot that that could be changed, but just uh, one that you know strikes me recently was this past Sunday, looking in the lobby at FanDuel, trying to find games, right? 
and I'm looking for the right games. I want to play tournaments. I don't, I don't want to play cash. I want to play tournaments, but I'm looking for a decent payout structure. Could not find one tournament on FanDuel with a decent pay. Everything is 20% to first place. And then, you know, freaking 10th place gets 1% of first place. Just terrible structures everywhere. Not even talking about the rake. I'm talking about just the structure of the tournaments. I think, I think, it would be best served to like balance these things out a little bit, have some tournaments that are a little bit better, at least on DraftKings, I can look at one tournament. They got at least one tournament. That's a good payout structure. I could not find one tournament on FanDuel with a good structure. I think we need more solid structure payouts and, you know, keep the high money up top on some tournaments. That's fine. Go for that. But give us some options where things are a flatter payout that, and, and it's better for the ecosystem, man. Yeah, they like that big number as the headline, you know, win a million dollars, win $500,000. That's the problem. But, you know, new people like that. They want to put in their money and take a shot at it. But I agree with you. Let's flatten the things out. Derek, something you could change about Daily Fantasy, what would it be? I was going to mention the payout structures too, not only the top heavy payouts, but, I mean, some of these tournaments have uh, the min cash is like one and a half times your buy-in. Um, I mean, if you're good <laughs> enough, if you're good enough to get in the top 20%, you should at least get double your money. Uh, I agree, man. Than that. And then the rakes is getting out of control. I mean, especially for cash games, there's double ups, like $10 double ups with 15% rake. Um, you know, the double ups and the, the cash games are kind of what keeps the money, you know, exchanging hands in the industry. And uh, I think they could do a lot better job when it comes to the rake. All right. From Larry Sorge asks, what's top two Christmas movies? And his apparently are Home Alone and Bad Santa, which, you know, those are, those are some pretty good choices. So do you guys stay in lockstep there with old Larry or do you got something else to add to the mix? What you got, Derek? Uh, Christmas Vacation, probably my favorite. Oh. And then uh, it's close for number two, but I'll go with Elf. I really like Elf. <laughs> <laughs> so man that was a great movie those are some i was gonna say christmas vacation chop sounds like you were gonna say the same any other movies that here yeah the christmas vacation was really really good but uh i mean just for pure comedy i have to agree with the guy bad santa was just oh whew, that's top level man that's top level <laughs> stuff right there uh that might have been his best role oh, billy bob that was a hilarious movie so all right, this one's kind of interesting. From Tiger Nometer, you three are on a desert island. You're starving to death and realize you have to eat one of you to live. Do you, A, give up your life to save the others, B, draw straws and take your chances, or C, find a way to weigh yourselves and roast the fattest? Well, I see, I see where this is going, you know. I, I know where this is going. Obviously, I'm not, you know, throwing myself on the fire here and letting you guys <laughs> roast me on purpose, but – Clearly, there's there's no reason to roast Derek. <laughs> All we're gonna get is bones. Uh, oh, I got some meat. I'm definitely yeah, the guy you, you want got to roast. Some meat, but, but it might be a I might I might it might be a, a a bit of a struggle there to take you down. So probably I'm the guy getting the pitchfork here. So uh, I know where it's going. But obviously, I'm not gonna volunteer myself. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I love you guys and all, and but it's uh, survive survival of the fittest when you're out there in the jungle. So. <laughs> Uh, Derek may have the least amount of meat, but he might be the easiest chance. So I don't know. That'd, that'd be an interesting scenario. But all I'll say is I'm fighting to the death. You're taking my meat. You're, you're going to have to fight for it. So <laughs> Derek, your thoughts here on the island question. Yeah, well, I was going to say if everyone agrees to see, which is, uh, you know, roast the, the one that weighs the most, and I'll definitely agree to that because uh, I won't be on the fire. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I think the only fair way is to draw straws. Uh, I don't think expect any of us to give up our own lives. We all got families, so uh, I would draw some straws. All right, Derek, always towing the middle there. Always. That a lot. You should be in politics, my friend. <laughs> be good there. All right, from Drew Schinbeckler, would you rather not ever be able to scratch an intense itch on your body or always feel like you're about to poop your pants? You have to – These – I mean, guys, come on. Man. <laughs> we got to have some better questions next week, guys. This is, this is out of control. We got. I know you are. This is out of control, guys. Come on now. Yeah, we, we can do better. But – I, I mean, I don't even know I want to answer that one. I, I guess the itch. You guys got any thoughts there? Or are we just moving on? We just got to move in. Those are two – I mean, what kind of options are those? <laughs> yeah, those are both terrible things. I just want to know how you come up with a question like that. Have I, you guys I, ever uh, been tested for allergies? I have not. Oh, my gosh, dude. So they lay you down on this table and they just prick you with, like, 40 different things. Yeah. Things that you could be allergic <laughs> to, and then they watch your back to see which flares up. Yeah, you can't, no. it's terrible. That sucks. Yeah. Come on, guys, we can do better. I agree. So let, let's end with this one. Chop, we didn't get a rant from you today. I, I might have hogged all the rants this week. But what or who frustrates Chop more? And the options laid out, or you can feel free to add to the options, are Dean, <laughs> Air Yards, Disney World, or Brit? What frustrates me more? Huh. Well, first of all, we'll scratch Dean off the list. He's a good guy. I just give him a hard time. I love some. Air yards, uh, to each his own. I don't really, you know, it is what it is. If that's your cup of tea, go for it. I haven't even looked at air yards one time this year, but that's just me. So, uh, Disney World, I can't, you know, I can't hate on Disney World unless you're an adult with no kids going to Disney World. That's a little bit awkward, but Disney World itself, fine. So, I guess we're left with Brit. I mean, I guess by <laughs> process of elimination, Brit irritates you the hell out of me. <laughs> well, there you go. So, that'll wrap us up here for part two, guys. Appreciate the questions. Let's see if we can do better here for week 10. So, just, just send questions to me on Twitter or on Roto Grinders. But appreciate you guys, as always, tuning in. Hope you guys had fun. Hope you learned something. Hope you enjoyed the analysis here. Guys, any final thoughts here for week nine? Chop, we'll start with you. My final thought would be I know everybody's anxiously awaiting the update on my one season-long league where oh, I'm yeah, having problems. So I'll send you off on this no go. I am now one in seven. Ooh. I lost again this week. Uh, another another tough draw there. Good points, and the guy just beat me with better points. I'm one in seven, dead last place, three games, no, four games back of the playoffs, and I will not tank. I will continue. Today, I'm going to orchestrate massive trades for my team. I'm going to stay in this thing. I'm going to fight to the better end. I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to try to pull this, this miracle off. He's going to go down swinging. I like it. Derek, final thoughts here for week nine. Yeah, well, Chop's season-long record is the same as my uh, DFS record this season. I'm 1-7 <laughs> so far. You're on a roll. It's time to turn that on. Turn it around. So, we're on a roll. Hopefully, that continues. But good luck to everybody out there here. In week nine, for Chop, for Noto, I am Beer Sansalu, and we'll see you right back here next week. See you guys.